episode of Music Raygun, our special pumpkin spiced latte show. I'm Yay! Paul Champanelli. I'm Kirk Pinchon. Kirk, how you doing? I feel even though it's eight million degrees again in LA, it's fall. It's still it, fall. Of, officially, it is fall. It's October it fall. now. The spookiest month. <laughs> it is spooky scary. But yes, it, we we both live in Los Angeles where we have had 100 degree Halloweens and Thanksgivings in the 90s. Yeah. So uh, fall doesn't really exist here. It, only in our hearts. Right. But you're from the Midwest. I'm yep. from New England. We know what fall is. Exactly. We get it. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but it is for me by far my favorite season. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Fuck See, people. Fuck people I, who like summer. <laughs> I thought you would be a spring or summer guy. but uh, I am a fall, then winter, then spring, then summer guy. Yeah, that's how, that's how yeah. I go too. Because yep. you understand weather. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what falls look like in Cleveland. I imagine they're not bad. Oh, they're beautiful. What Midwest is beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, New England, we do it right too. Oh, God, yeah. When I was yeah. in New Hampshire, it's stunning. Yeah. But everything yeah. is is uh, red and 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 orange and golden here in Southern California too, except it's because everything's on fire. <laughs> That's right. That's everything is literally on fire. <laughs> things are on fire. So instead of thinking things are on fire, we're just pretending. Hey, it's fall. It's the leaves are turning. That's right. Uh, yeah. The reason we keep talking about fall, and the reason I said it's our pumpkin spice latte show. We'll get to later in the show when we get to our main segment. But you said you had something you wanted to talk about to start I us off. I did. I finally, this week, uh, got from the library and read very quickly the uh, kind of autobiography, kind of memoir of Prince that, he, uh, that was out uh, earlier this year called The Beautiful Ones. Oh, I don't think I know about this. This is not the... Uh, um, Morris Day memoir where he imagines Prince participating. Yeah. I read a segment of that and couldn't even get through it. Yeah. <laughs> so so what is this that it's kind of an autobiography of This Prince? is a thing where Prince was um like in the last year of his life, uh had decided he's like, I'm gonna do uh, a memoir or like a kind of an autobiography type thing. Mm-hmm. And he went through a bunch of writers, got a writer signed a deal, had written a bunch of stuff and is like, you know what? I also want to add photos and I want to add uh, lyrics and just all this stuff. I just want to add a bunch of stuff into it. So it's just not like a tell all memoir. And they were just started working on it and then he died uh, and they just kind of were like, Let, we have this stuff. Let's do it uh, and do it in the vein that he wanted to do it. So there's like maybe like two chapters worth of actual Prince writing. Mm-hmm. And then it's just a bunch of um, just amazing photos and photos of lyrics that are written on napkins and random pieces of paper. Yeah. And then a little bit of like backstory stuff and, and stuff from other people. Um, the big takeaway, mm-hmm. Prince was cool. <laughs> Did you like the book though? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it, it eventually just becomes more of a photo album, which yeah. is cool because there's a lot of good pictures. Um, yeah. And the the writing was – the writing's pretty good for Prince. He uh, – if anything, you know, he comes off as, you know, obviously 
he likes to say, it's like, I'm just a guy. And they're like, you're not a guy. You're like a, you are a genius. Like the yeah, way he, he talks about music, you're just like, you're like special. You're a genius. You're not, you're not regular. Yeah. He could have written, uh, an autobiography as self-aggrandizing as Rick James's and nobody <laughs> would have batted an eye because it's no. Prince. Prince gets to be as arrogant as he wants to be. And it's not off putting. Cause it's like, no, you're right. We all agree. Yeah. You're the, you're the greatest of all time. You're the greatest. But yeah. like the the stuff that he wrote about and then uh, unfortunately he passed and couldn't write anymore. Yeah. He wrote a lot about like his mom and like how he loved his mom. But then big divorce and he had to he decided to go live with his dad because his dad was a musician and his mom didn't like music. So yeah. that was really interesting. And then the other takeaway was like he was in a band when he was like 13. And like yeah. the band leader was like, oh, yeah, he's a better guitarist than most adults. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah, there's adult just... men who can't play guitar that like Prince, and he's 13. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm sad to know now that he was working on that and didn't get to finish it. Yeah, that was the big thing he was uh, yeah. he was working on. The funny thing too is that his his co-writer that he's with has a huge long intro about how things went down and stuff, and in classic Prince uh, uh, behavior, he kept talking to the writer. Is the contract done? Nail the contract down. Is the contract done? I'm not starting this till the contract's done. The money's there. Are we doing this? The contract's done? <laughs> like that was his big thing until he started writing. And I was like, wow, yeah. that's vintage Prince. You're not the kind of artist to be like, oh, I don't want to think about the business aspect of this. I just want to do my art. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, I'll do the art when the business stuff is done. Yeah. Prince is like, I'm going to make the best art and the best music you've ever heard. But I'm going to get paid for it. Like, <laughs> exactly. Not unless I'm going to get paid for it. Exactly. Uh, but highly recommend. Uh, yeah. Just as a good, fun v- look. Uh, just for the photos alone, you're just like, wow, that's really cool. Yeah. yeah. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, it's worth yeah. it. Uh, well, now it's time for Don't At Me. Don't At Me. Okay, Don't At Me is the part of the show when Kirk and I each say a hot take or an unpopular opinion about something in music, but we don't care about anyone else's opinion, so please don't at us. Don't care. I'll kick it off this time. Oh, good. Uh, Kirk, I'm not going to say that it's the best rap record of 2020, because I'm too much of a critic for that. (laughs) But my favorite rap record... And record, I'm putting in air quotes here, of 2020, is the Del Taco commercial for the crispy chicken taco where the guy says, Del, yeah. (laughs) Where he's like, you want to make it crispy? Del, yeah. You want to make it crunchy? Del, yeah. And I can't deny it because that more than any other hip-hop record this year is the one i walk around my apartment singing to myself (laughs) all the time now Uh, don't at me about my favorite hip-hop record of the year the del taco commercial for the crispy chicken taco question yeah would it be your favorite in the before times or is it your favorite because we're in this shitty pandemic (laughs) pandemic where the world's on fire Hey, and we're all just going to burn. It's catchy. Don't judge me if you don't if you haven't <laughs> seen and heard the commercial. And this is not a commercial for Del Taco cuz I don't advertise. 
I've never eaten the product that's that. I can't even remember if it's a taco or burrito. I've had Del Taco once or twice. It's fine. I'm not advertising for Del Taco here. I like the song on the commercial. I sing it to myself a lot. <laughs> I just all of a sudden you're just doing something and it just pops into your head. <laughs> Del, Del, yeah. yeah. I might not even say hell yeah anymore. And I love saying hell yeah. For the rest of my life, I might just start saying Del yeah. Oh, I just like I the way you want you it. to do that. Hell yeah. <laughs> I want to text you with an idea for a show for an episode and you just text back, Del yeah. Del yeah. <laughs> I insist on that now. I like WAP by uh, Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion. I've never once, you know, amused myself by singing it in the shower. The Del Taco, com- <laughs> the Del Taco commercial every day lately. I just walk around my apartment talking to the cat. Oh, my God. <laughs> I just say it to myself all day. Hell, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Del, my, yeah. What I can make for dinner? Chicken? Del, yeah. Del, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it works. Yeah. It really does Is it work. Is almost bedtime? Del, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Del, yeah. It Del, actually yeah. does work everything. Oh, Del, yeah. yeah. That's the new. You just <laughs> You just coined the new phrase for 2020. Yeah. Even though it's from a uh, commercial. It's from a commercial. Yeah. And you know wow. I hate commercials. But I, I know. Like that's why I'm shocked at this. Yeah. That this don't at me. It Damn, is a yeah. it is a hot take of a don't at me. It's a, uh, it's a hot and spicy. Hot and spicy. Crispy chicken. <laughs> Taco. Taco. Yeah. Del, yeah. All right. Hit me uh, with yours. All right. Mine is Silent Lucidity by Queensryche is the most pretentious song with the most pretentious title by the most pretentious band it also sucks. Don't at me. Oh, I was with you until the last part. <laughs> That's one of the top top ten worst songs ever. Uh, Kirk, I think it it is the most one of the most pretentious songs with one of the most pretentious titles by one of the most pretentious bands, and it rules. <laughs> I am, I am. I am shocked by your last part. I I figured you would agree with me about the pretension. I didn't think you were a fan. I thought you'd be like, these guys, these guys are fucking posers. I'm shocked. I don't know. I haven't heard it in a while. I loved it when I was a kid. Yeah. You know, when it would come on the radio. I remember, here's my memory of that song. When CD burners on computers were like a new thing, mm-hmm. my high school chum, Jonathan was like the first one to have one. And he's like he's like I'll burn you a CD. He's like write down a bunch of songs you want you want and uh I'll download them and burn you a CD. And this was like a completely novel thing. Like a custom burn CD with any songs I wanted, right? This this was unheard of at the time. It's like 1998 or 99, right? When when I'm talking about this. Yeah. And one of the songs of the 20 or so that I picked was Silent Lucidity by Queensryche. So I think of it as being on that <laughs> CD. Wow. Yeah. Uh, like when that song came out, I, it legit makes me angry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think of, uh, I'm trying to think of, I can't get the tune in my head right now. Silent next to thee? Is that right? Silent Lucidity. and that stupid guitar and then there's strings and oh fuck that song (laughs) I'm ashamed that I just remembered it now after all the many episodes we've done on 
uh, music reggae guide because well, I, yeah. I should I should have said this about a year ago. I thought you were saying you're ashamed that you remembered how it goes. Oh, but you can't. I think you, I, how, you'll never forget because hatred never. is too powerful. You remember yeah, the songs you love and the songs you hate the most. Exactly. It's yeah. it, it. I will not deny its power. It's just a power of evil. Yeah. When did that come out? Like ninety. I thought, yeah, like maybe like 99 or 90. It was definitely a 90s. It was like, it was right ruin, like, because it got lumped into like grunge, even though it's not remotely grunge. Yeah. Uh, Let me so ask I you like this that. question. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know anything else by Queensryche? No. Neither do I. <laughs> nope. Good. All I know is silent lucidity. I'm glad, because if you've been like, no, 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 you should listen to blah, 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 I'd be like, oh, Jesus, no. No, I and the, if, as far as I'm concerned, the album it's from is that compilation CD where it sat somewhere among "No Rain" by Blind Melon, <laughs> "Da Da Da" by Trio, and "Grazing in the Grass" by the Friends of Distinction. So uh, it was a I real, mean, <laughs> it's a real mix, real mixed bag. Even when I was like 16, that is 90s as fuck. Yeah, <laughs> well, not the Friends of Distinction, but no, but yeah. goddamn the "Da Da Da" and, and "No Rain." Yeah. Yeah, wow, it's pretty good. Wow, but yeah, I uh, even if I'll objectively come around to the idea that Silent Lucidity is pretty bad, it's too much nostalgia tied up in it for me. I'll I understand. Always, if there's nostalgic tied in, you can't you can't deny it. That's that's good. I really thought you were going where I was thinking, where you were saying it's pretentious. The band is pretentious. <laughs> it's a pretentious title. But I love it. That's what I thought you were going to say. But no, of course you hate that song. Of course no, of you course. Do. Yeah. That would have been really weird if I'd liked that song. Yeah, it would have been. Super weird. All right. Now let's get to the main event. It's time for our top fives. This is now our main segment while we're in a pandemic and we can't record in our normal format. Uh, each week, Kirk and I choose a topic for a list. And then we each come up with our individual top five items for that list's topic and as i said at the beginning of the show this is our pumpkin spiced latte show yeah call us mr autumn men (laughs) yeah because we're doing our top five songs that remind us of fall that's right call us basic we don't care whatever that means to us exactly reminds us us of fall yes reminds us of fall and I don't know about you, but there were songs that I'm like, I specifically was not going to put songs that had a month in them. No, these are not necessarily fall themed songs. Yeah. Although I did give myself two specific parameters for how I was going to create my list. Oh, let's hear. One is they actually have to have some personal memory for me of a time in fall. And they have to sound like fall to me. Yes. So mine are going to be be real acoustic-y and very acoustic guitar, melancholy kind of songs. Mine are... On on my melancholy level, yeah, that I'm way, as melancholy, yeah, yeah, as I can get. Um, I that's how I did it too. I did, it was a feel. It was like a vibe. You know, it's like I'm not gonna fucking put September by Earth, Wind, and Fire just because it says September. That's stupid. And it's not a fall song. It's too it's much. It's not of a, party a fall song, song yeah. at all. It's a jam. Right. If anything, it's a summer song because it's jam so yes. hard. 
Yes. And, and technically September is mostly summer, so that's a summer song. I'll okay. give you uh, I'll give an honorable mention to one that very much meets the cri- my uh first criteria, which is I remember it being it's tied up to memories of the fall for me, but it's not a fall song, which is Hey Ya by Outkast. Oh, because that that single was released in September and it was everywhere the fall mm-hmm. of 2003. My senior year of college that fall, oh my God. that song was the song of that fall. But it's it's not it's I mean, it's one of those songs where it sounds like a party song. And then when you listen to the lyrics, it's weirdly sad. Yeah, but it's still a party song. And it did yeah. not it did not fit the sonically how i wanted my list to be so it didn't make the cut but, but it reminds you because it was around that time of very fall. strongly of yeah. the fall of 2003 yeah yeah like some of mine there's a couple that i'm like i don't even know if one or two of these were released in the fall it just makes me feel a fall mm-hmm. uh, i have one honorable mention as as well my honorable mention is every song ever created by charday ha huh. ha huh. Cause I could, I was looking at, it, feeling a bunch of them. I was like, "Oh, I'll put that one in." And then I was like, "No, that one." And then I was like, "All, all the Chardonnay, all Chardonnay, yeah. all Chardonnay makes me feel like fall." Yeah, I don't know. I feel like Chardonnay, Chardonnay for me really could be any season. <laughs> <laughs> She's universal. Yeah, winter, spring, summer, and fall. Yeah, yeah. She feels like cuddle up on a on a, on a couch with light a light of fire. Yeah. Light a fire. Fire in the have, fireplace. Yeah. Have a good cry. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, uh, but that was my honorable mention. Okay, great. Do you want to uh, kick it off with your I'll number kick five? It off. Okay. I'll kick it off with my number five. This is one of those examples of – I have. it was around when I was uh, oh, either junior or senior year. Um, I don't know if it was released in the fall, but I related to fall. I related to just kind of – Walking around in foliage. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Life in a Northern Town by the Dream Academy. Oh, yeah. yeah you you mentioned the Dream Academy yes. frequently. Frequently. Because yeah. they're, they're, they're a mood. They're a real mood. Yeah. And that mood is like – that mood to me, especially Life in a Northern Town, it's like late fall. So it's like almost winter. So there's no – it's just like – barren trees it's there's no snow yet but like it's gonna snow any it's, minute now it's, it's like gray. mid-november it's kind yeah. of windy you're wearing a pea coat yeah oh paul that's my yeah. feel yes and you're hearing this life in a northern town song yeah uh with the oboe oh it's not dream academy without the oboe <laughs> exactly yeah exactly and it's just yeah it's just walking around as a teen being like maybe a girlfriend <laughs> that's what i was going to ask you is do you have a, a specific memory like you remember listening to it when it was big and being in high school yeah for me it was probably like because i think i probably put it on a mix and it's like they had these in cleveland they had these uh, metro parks which were huge like it's a huge nature preserve mm-hmm. and they had paths and parks and stuff and in the fall you could walk through the woods in these man-made paths and it was just beautiful fall and i would go there specifically be like i want to feel bad for myself and so i go there and put on my <laughs> headphones my sony walkman yeah and just walk around and i only did it in the fall because i'm not gonna do it in the summer or the winter and spring it's just, it just felt like a fall place so yeah that's what it reminds me of oh that's cool 
Yeah. That's a good that's a good that's a good lead off. Yeah. It's just so hard for me to picture you being melancholy and enjoying <laughs> fall like that. At, at my level. But, but it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. By yeah. the time the walk was done, I was like, I feel good. I'm good now. I, I mean, do you think it's fair to say that the oboe is the most autumnal instrument? It's a pretty leading I'm, question, right? <laughs> I'm trying to disagree with you, and I'm like, mm, yeah, yeah. It feels it, yeah. It's it's definitely in the running for the number it's, one. I, I, I can't think of another... Yeah. Uh, oh, French horn? Yeah. That doesn't feel it. Violin, maybe. Mm. Oh, wait. Cello. Cello's pretty autumnal. I'm going to say cello. Yeah. I go cello, then oboe. Big fan of both of those instruments. Yeah. Oh, put them in the band. I'm here for it. That's going to have to be a future top five. Top five autumnal <laughs> instruments. <laughs> That's where we lose every listener yeah. we've ever had. Yeah. Yeah. So artistic. All right. Uh, I'll do my number five. Uh, this song uh, comes straight from my first semester of college, which is a time in my life where I had an explosion of new music that I was listening to. And it's by the band Blur. Oh, okay. Blur, the Britpop yeah. band. For anyone Blur. listening who doesn't know, because... Uh, they were never as big as they in America as they were in the UK. But at the time, it was a huge thing that it was Blur versus Oasis. They were the mm-hmm. two biggest Britpop bands in Britain. And they had a huge, like in the press, a big competition. In America, we didn't really get Blur. Like Oasis was big here. Yeah. But Blur didn't really cross over until Song 2. Which was That's at, all I know them for. Yeah. yeah, it was like sort of after the rivalry was not in the headlines anymore. But my freshman year of college, they put out their best of, the best of Blur. And in Mojo Magazine, you know Mojo? Oh, yeah. I remember Mojo. Yeah. They did a big article about the best of and they did like a track by track breakdown of the best of. Where it was like a little mini article about every song on it. Mm -hmm. And I read that and I was like, I want to get into Blur now. So I bought the best of and I listened to it all my first semester of college. Mm -hmm. Uh, so really, this song kind of stands in for the whole best of package. Oh, but, okay. But the song I picked because it is the most autumnal to me, and one of my favorites on there is called "To the End," which well, you might not title. think you know. But back in the days when I was doing, we're watching MTV with you and Katie Willer. This is the Blur video where that we watched, where it was that um, pastiche of Last Days at Marion Bad, was that black and white, yes, video. And yes, that, that sort of uh, French pop influenced Britpop yes. song. Yeah, where it has Letitia Sadier from Stereolab yeah. singing backup vocals. Oh my god, I know the video in my head. I yeah. just don't know the song. That's so funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a really good song. Really kind of melancholy sort of ballad. Very French. It even has yes. like an accordion in it at some point. And I remember because weird that I'm like, this is Blur because I only know song number two. I'm like, wait, how is this Blur? Yeah, the whole thing with song two was like unusually hard rock for them. They're not yes. that. They're more poppy. This song is so like French influenced that they re-recorded it where Damon Albarn sings it in French. Then they re-recorded again where Francois Hardy sings on it and sings the the, the verses on it in French. And then Damon wow. sings like the backup parts. So it's very Frenchy, very fall. And it reminds me specifically of the fall of my first year at college. 
Very I love, and I'm going to agree with you, French and fall go together real well. They pair nicely. <laughs> yeah. I like a, a little accordion. Yeah. It, that works. Yeah. You don't want that in the winter or the of the summer. Maybe the spring, but but that feels like fall. Yeah. 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 Bittersweet wow. and then sort of melancholy vibes. Yeah. With the, on the French tip. <laughs> Ooh, on the French tip. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What's your number uh, four? My number four mm-hmm. is an outlier that you're like, wow, really, Kirk? Uh, but they were they were big uh, late high school, early college, mm-hmm. and the song has nothing to do with fall, and it's. Uh, actually, a sad song, mm-hmm. but it's uh, it's what's the matter here from fa- from uh, um, who sings what's the matter here? Another uh, song? No, oh, it's uh, Ten Thousand Maniacs. Oh yeah, yes, yes, yeah, yeah. No, I yes. do know that song. Yeah, I kept thinking Fine Young Cannibals. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they should have done. They should have done a split single yes. for sure. But yeah, <laughs> what's the matter here? Which is basically about child abuse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think it's just because uh, I became friends uh, with someone in college. Because is it by college? That's that album had already been out for years. Yeah. But he played it incessantly, so it's like my first semester of college in New Hampshire, with the leaves changing and just hanging around him and like being in his dorm room and him playing "What's the Matter Here" yeah. constantly from uh, "In My Tribe." I think is the name of that album, which is like late yeah. 80s or something. Yeah. Yeah. So again, child abuse doesn't even ring register with me. It just makes me think of my first semester in college in the fall. It's, in New a, it's a sad song, but it's sort of upbeat for a song about child yeah, abuse. Yeah, it's an up tempo sad song, and it, I think because it's also mid tempo, it's got that little bit of a yeah. uh, fall vibe. Very fall is mid tempo, yeah. little bit yeah. of both. Natalie, yeah, and Natalie Merchant has a yeah. very unique, a, a unique vocal quality that I think is also very fall. Yeah. yeah. And it's the kind of music that my because I had friends in high school that listened to her too. Listen to them too. And it's like it's the kind of music that you wear a scarf with. Oh yeah. You're yeah. gonna wear a scarf. You can on your way on to a, a poetry reading. <laughs> yeah. You can have a jaunty cap on. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 You can that have song a and then uh Candy Everybody Wants I think is on the same album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's a good album. It's the only album I know of theirs, really. But yeah, I'm sort of surprised that you uh, ride for Ten Thousand Maniacs. But if it's tied into memories of college for you, I understand. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's burned in my brain because of being in high school theater and, and college theater. That's yeah, yeah. It, was, it was par for the course. That's very fall. College yeah. in general to me, like anytime I think of college, I always remember the fall semesters, not the spring oh, semesters. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Fall semesters exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but my next uh, song on my list actually comes, in terms of my memory, from my first fall after college. It's Ooh. But it's a song from the early 80s. It's That's Entertainment by The Jam. Do you know this song? I know that song by name. Yeah. Uh, I started to get into the jam late in college. And then uh, my first fall when I was living in Providence after graduation, I went to the record store and got a used copy of Compact Snap, which was their sort of hits compilation that was out of print at the time. But I found a used copy. Mm -hmm. And I 
was driving uh, to me new used car where do you remember back in the day uh, when CD players in cars were sort of a new thing? Some people would have the six CD changer like in the trunk in the <laughs> yeah. trunk. Oh, yeah, in the trunk. Yeah. yeah, this used car that I got had that. Ah, oh, you must have like, man, I'm fucking awesome. It was awesome, except the way it worked was I would like have to pick this C- the six CDs that I'd want to listen to for the next like chunk of time because I wouldn't be I wasn't going to change them every day. I'm like, yeah, it's a pain. These six CDs that I choose are going to be my soundtrack for a little while. And I yeah. had compact snap in there for like an entire fall and winter. And, uh, you know, a lot of jam, especially early jam is very punk. Mm-hmm. And then they started to mess with different styles and, and like mod revival and stuff. But that's entertainment is a very uh, acoustic sort of melancholy, very mm-hmm. British, uh, very gray uh, uh, fall kind of song for me. Nice. And, and it reminds me very much of my first fall living in my first apartment uh, with my best friend Amelia and just kind of being an adult on my own for the first time. Yeah. That's always good. That that first fall of being an adult is very memorable. Yeah. Yeah. Very was, memorable. You're like, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. This is me. And that also, song probably more than any other defined that period for me. And I still love it. I love the gem. I think they're one of the best bands of all time. And that song's great. Along the lines of your number five, uh-huh. Brits and Fall goes well together too. Yes. The, I mean, yes, absolutely. Because of their yeah. weather, because of their uh, uh, general sort of outlook on life. Yeah. Yeah. Which I relate to. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. Yes. My number three, also British, mm-hmm. also maybe a, a, a bit of an outlier, though you know I do like this band. Uh, not necessarily a fall song because it's a bit mid, it's a bit up tempo and it's actually the most up tempo song that I have. Mm-hmm. It's "In Between Days" by The Cure. Oh yeah, great yeah, song. Yeah, yeah. That is actually my it's one of my top three favorite Cure songs. Sure, uh, I love that you love The Cure because <laughs> yeah. If I didn't know you'd love The Cure, I'd be like, wow, Kirk could really go either way on The Cure. I'm not sure <laughs> to love him I, or hate him. but I celebrate The Cure there. And In Between yeah. Days in between days is uh, a song that makes you think of fall because a good friend of mine, uh, Hamad, got me into The Cure. And it was one of those, here, just listen to this best. It was like the singles. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's all I need. And we just played it in his car constantly driving around. And he smoked. And so the smell of smoke still, I can smell it when I hear the song. Huh. Yeah. Uh, just, just, it just, it all goes together. And it was around the, it was fall because that's when we became friends of my senior year yeah. that, uh, that happened. So I don't even know when that song came out because it was the best of when I heard it. I think it's 86. Is that, what album is that on? I'm not sure. I'm not, uh, yeah. I'm not a cure expert. Yeah, but uh, uh, yeah, yeah that, it just again it evokes a fall memory. Yeah, for sure. In fact, like any like post goth uh, '80s British pop. Yeah, like The Cure, or or even like even stuff like Spandau Ballet. Anything like oh. '80s and British, I think, works for the fall. It does. Yeah. It does. Yeah. It really. It really. Uh, it it evokes it. It yeah. evokes it so strongly. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. 
No, the Cure is a good pick. I'm sort of disappointed in myself. <laughs> I don't really have the personal memories tied up in the Cure, though. Yeah, they're, that makes they're sense. They're just radio hits that I love. Yeah. Um, my third song is uh, again by a British band. Here we go. Ooh, but we're going back to the '60s from a band that had a moment in the '60s. Do you know the song "I'm Looking Through You"? No. You don't know that song? Mm-mm. It's by uh, this band called the Beatles. The Beatles. Yeah, the one hit B- wonder the Beatles. B E A T L E S. Oh, they didn't they didn't they didn't uh spell it like the the insect. That's clever. No, no, like beat, like beat. Wow, like that's really beat. clever. Yeah, Whatever happened clever. to them? Uh they broke up. Uh yeah. that happens. It 60s, happens. The sixties ended and they called it a day. Uh, it. But what is the name of it again? It's called I'm I'm Looking Through You. It's on Rubber Soul, sixty six. It's a it's a Paul song. Okay, of course. Well, it's Paul. You are Paul. Yeah, it's sort of a. It's uh, I'm a Paul guy. It's a. Uh, it's a mid-tempo sort of acousticy breakup song. It's oh. not even a breakup song. It's about Paul realizing he wants to break up with Jane Asher because it's not working anymore. Interesting. And uh, I. This reminds me of the fall of my sophomore year of college mm-hmm. when I was listening to a lot of mid-period Beatles and early Bell and Sebastian. <laughs> I'm surprised Bell and Sebastian isn't on here. Wow. In, in the fall of... Bell and Sebastian was almost like too obvious for me. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's so fall and I couldn't pick just one song. Let Bell and Sebastian just be like an umbrella over my list. Yeah. Uh, it came down to I'm Looking Through You and In My Life. Uh, which are, oh, in my life, yeah. yeah. I have a very specific memory of just sort of sitting outside the library uh, at the University of Rhode Island with the you know the fall leaves all over the ground, just sort of <laughs> hanging out between classes and listening to uh, "In My Life." But I don't like "In My Life" as much as I like "I'm Looking Through You," which is honestly one of my top five, possibly top three favorite Beatles songs. Wow. I, you know, in a, if I'm in a certain mood, I'd even say number one. I love this song. It reminds me of that fall. It sounds like fall to me. And, uh, and that's why it's my number three. Is that considered a deep cut? Yeah, probably. It's not okay. like, was not a single. You wouldn't okay. ever hear it on the radio unless maybe it's like a Beatles brunch on Sunday or yeah. something. Okay. Um, yeah, sort of a deep cut. But I don't know if there's such a thing as a deep cut with the Beatles because... <laughs> to Beatles fans, like every song is a hit, <laughs> In, unless it's Revolution Nine or call, Look Up My Name. You know the number; those are the only like true deep cuts. So, um, yeah, that's a good one. That's hysterical. That's so fucking true. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's so true. <laughs> I love Rubber Soul. It's my favorite Beatles album too. So, what are the, remind me? What are the hits on those? Uh, what's the, that's. Uh, uh, drive my car. Ah, I was just about to say, I'm so happy. Drive my car. Uh, yeah. I believe Norwegian Wood is on that one. Okay, which is right. also that vibe. Yeah, um, yeah, I can see that. It's their pot album. It's when they got into Bob Dylan's Start a Smoking Pot. Oh, okay. I get it. I get yeah. it. Uh, yeah, Norwegian Wood would be a good one too. Yeah. Uh, my number two is Basic as Fuck. <laughs> like a pumpkin and spice latte. <laughs> This is, I'm going to guess, uh, out of my list and yours, this is the most pumpkin spice latte of the entire night. Uh-huh. 
I, I but I couldn't help but put it on. It's my number two. It's Boys of Summer by Don Henley. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. Not a summer song. Not a summer song. I don't even want to hear it in the summer. It you know, it only works in summer at like the end of like the last week of August. You know, when you <laughs> you know you gotta go back to school and it's sort of that sad end of summer. Maybe then. But but yeah, I uh yeah. I see it's it. It's a for me. It's the uh, yeah. It's like a, a cold song. It's a cold November song. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't even like Don Henley. I don't, and I hate the Eagles. But damn, goddamn, I love that song. Exact yeah. same. I hate the Eagles. I don't like Don Henley's other solo stuff. I'm a sucker for Boys of Summer. Man. Sucker for it. Like you'll yeah. hear it and you're like, oh, oh, I should turn it. No, I'm not going to turn it off. I'm going to play it. Yeah, it's really, it's really fall. It's really yeah. like aching and yeah. melancholy. Aching, yes. aching, yes. Yeah. Very much so. Very um, intelligently made it a black and white yeah. music video because that song is black and white. That song is black and white. Yeah. It is aching and melancholy, melancholy. And yet it is, it's way basic. I mean, it's so obvious. But I was like, sometimes you got to go with the obvious choice. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's a really good one. Yeah. Uh, but once again, I'm surprised you even like that song. It's a pop song. And yeah. uh, as much as I hate that that 70s folky sound, that song is really good. Well, I mean, that song to me is pretty strongly 80s. Yeah. Oh, it's so 80s. Oh, it's, yeah. It's so 80s. And it's just, yeah. yeah. Uh, it hits me. It definitely hits me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, My number two, again, very personal choice. And this is another one from my first semester of college. Do you know Nick Drake? He did Pink like, Moon, you know, from the Volkswagen commercial. Oh, I know Pink Moon from the Volkswagen commercials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is Nick Drake. It's a song called Man in a Shed. <laughs> it's from his first album. It's not necessarily, not that he had hits, but it's not one of the, like, most played Nick Drake songs. Yeah. Um, uh, once again... It's from my freshman year of college, and it's a pull from a magazine. This is very specific, if you'll follow me on a tangent here. Please. So I used to pick up Guitar World magazine, which was a magazine for guitar players. Mm -hmm. But it also had, um, you know, in the back, every issue would have a few songs where it would have the guitar tabs and the bass tabs to help you play it. Mm -hmm. So I used to like to read Guitar World. And... Every issue, at least back then, 20 years ago, they had um, a piece in every issue that was called like 60 Minutes or something like that. And a different artist where they would basically have them put together like a mix CD or like a playlist of songs. And the song, the artist would just pick some of their favorite songs. And the artist in this issue was Rich Robinson, the guitar player from the Black Crows. Oh, okay. Chris's brother. Yeah. And uh, one of the songs he picked was Man in a Shed by Nick Drake. And because it was the fall of 2000 and Napster was a thing and we were just downloading everything we could get, mm-hmm. I just like downloaded all these songs from this every one of these columns and all my issues of Guitar World. And I latched onto this song and I listened to it more than anything else that semester. Everything Nick Drake does is incredibly autumnal and sad mm-hmm. and acoustic folk folk rock that you would hate (laughs) (laughs) 
But you know what Pink Moon sounds like. I definitely know what Pink yeah, Moon yeah, sounds yeah. like. I don't hate it. Yeah, his his tenor and his guitar playing. One of the things I, I love about man, A Man in a Shed, it's very sad. It's about a lonely man in a, who lives in a shed. It's a metaphor. It's a very ham-fisted <laughs> metaphor. And like the girl who lives in the nice house that he's in love with, but she doesn't. he just lives in this ratty, leaky shed. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, he's like, the man is me. <laughs> like, of course. Surprise <laughs> of course. twist ending. Thanks. Thanks, guy. So it's – but it's pretty mid-tempo and it has this piano in it, this bouncy piano line that just lifts it out of winter into fall, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, interesting. It reminds me a little bit of O Yoko by John Lennon. This piano – I don't know if you know that song. No. But the piano playing just gives it a little optimism, just a mm-hmm. little bit of – a little bit of bounciness to it. A little bit of hope. A little bit of hope. And I just, to this day, I love this song. It 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 makes me flash back to that fall so hard. And the song itself is so melancholy. Like, I could get choked up if I really, like, let myself sink into this song. Oh. To this day. You describing the piano yeah. as making it go from a winter to an autumn song is is. Spot on for a song I don't even know. Yeah. And I know what you are saying. Give give the song a listen, Kirk. I okay. don't think you'll like it, but listen to it and pay attention to the piano playing. Yeah. I love it. It's like it's like the bass in bubbles by the free design. Like it's <laughs> if, Paul if brought you, back the free design. You wouldn't notice it necessarily, but if you key into it, it becomes the main event of the song. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I like that vibe of uh, a winter song that from one instrument it turns it turns on. Yeah, that's right. That's very cool. That's right. Very, very cool. Uh, my number one is an obvious artist, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, the song is not. And uh, the the artist obviously is Prince. <laughs> okay. What a shock. Yeah. But the song is a deep cut that uh, was never released until uh, the fall of 93 on his best of. Uh, he did a three album best of and the third album is a B-side. My father had this package oh, and it's how I, how I got into Prince. Yes. That's oh, fantastic. So, I'm gonna so know that's how it is. It's Pink Cashmere. Yes. I think you've talked about Pink Cashmere yes. before. Pink too. Cashmere is my number one Prince song. Oh yeah, okay. It's my favorite Prince song. Now, why is it and fall for you? It feel well. It feels fall because it's just the vibe. It's 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 not a ballad. It's mid tempo. It's not particularly funky. There's strings in it. Yeah. It's strings in an acoustic guitar, and uh, it's just him saying, "I'm going to make you a coat of pink cashmere." And I think more it evokes the memory because it was '93. I'd been in. Chicago for exactly one full year. Mm-hmm. And it's just me walking around Chicago with my Walkman, like going to work, going to theater rehearsal, listening to Prince's uh, Best Up, particularly just rewinding that song again okay, and again. Yeah. Yeah. I remember rewinding. Yeah, <laughs> right? You would, you'd have to go, wait, okay. Yeah. Sometimes you'd hit it in the middle and you're like, shit, I want to hear it from the beginning. So you'd stop in the middle and rewind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. But that was, uh, that song of all songs makes me think of Chicago and uh, just how much, how much I enjoyed living there as, as a 
guy in my twenties. Yeah, yeah. So it's definitely uh, it's definitely nostalgia based because of the time period. Yeah, but it's that's, a great that one's your that's entertainment. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Early, and in your early 20s living on your own in the city. Yeah. And they're like, this is great. This, yeah. The world is mine. This is fantastic. And then I'm playing Prince <laughs> all the time. Yeah. And it's great. Did you and, actually feel that way at 23? Like the world was yours? I've never felt that way. My oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, and then, you know, I years later realized it wasn't remotely and yeah. got beat down a lot. And came back. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Like when I was 23 in Chicago and I was yeah. like, oh, I'm doing theater and I'm in a big city and this is fun and I'm living with my best friend and this is great. I, I guess got no I got problems. that in my late 20s when I moved here to do improv. <laughs> yeah. So you had the world it. was my oyster when I was doing improv, baby. Yeah, you're like you're like you're like here it is. This is me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's a good good, good song. Pink Cashmere. Yeah, never released as a single and only came out uh, during the, the uh, his best of on the right. B sides. Yeah. I just I remember the cover, the close up of his face, diamonds yeah. and pearl, diamonds and pearls era Prince. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. There's three CDs and the. the Third one was the B-Sides. It's the B-Sides. It's great albums. Yeah. Uh, Okay. My number one is a pop hit from the 60s, a folk rock pop hit uh, by a 60s duo named Chad and Jeremy. And it's called A Summer Song. (laughs) Now, just like you. Yes, I, I know it has the word summer in it. I'm not just being ironic here this song very deeply reminds me of fall and i'll Mm. explain why my senior year of high school my friends and i all got really into the movie rushmore we we all on our own bought a copy of the soundtrack and we all listened to it constantly i listened to it constantly at home Whenever I was riding around in my friend Jeff's car, he was playing it. And this song is on that soundtrack. That movie takes place throughout an entire school year, but most of it feels very fall. Mm -hmm. And this song sounds like fall to me, despite the fact that it's called A Summer Song and it's about the summer. It's very acoustic, very mid-tempo kind of pop ballad, very melancholy. And I think it's an autumn song. <laughs> yeah. We really, if you think about it, each of our fives are all melancholy. They're all tied to memory. That's fall. That's what fall That's is like. That's fall. Yeah. That's fucking fall, man. It's it's nostalgia. It's bittersweet nostalgia. Yeah. Well, nostalgia is bittersweet sort of by definition anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Th- that's what the season is like. Yeah. The songs have to say, it's not, you're not partying. Exactly. It's not wild time. Introspective. It's not, yes. Yeah. It's walking around thinking. Yeah. Even though we're driving. The first words of this song are trees swaying in the summer breeze. That's I always picture right. the trees with autumn leaves on them. <laughs> not summer breeze, autumn leaves. Uh, that's what's in my head when I hear it. Uh, I'm glad you sang it because now I'm like, oh, yeah, that song. That yeah. sounds great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you're right. It doesn't feel like a summer song at all. It doesn't at all. It's no. very fall. 
Hundred percent, yeah, hundred percent. It's a, a peacoat song, if ever there was one. Uh, I love the phrase peacoat song. It's so smart. <laughs> yeah, a British folk pop duo from the '60s. That's peacoat peacoat shit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Got to you got to put it on. You got to hunker it down a little bit. Right, but but uh, and it also kind of stands in for the entire Rushmore soundtrack. Like I could have gone with "Nothing in This World Will Stop Me Worrying About That Girl" by The Kinks, mm-hmm. or. Uh, the Wind by Cat Stevens. That that whole soundtrack, that whole movie, that whole my senior year of high school, Rushmore is just uh, just shoots through all those memories for me. Yeah, again, I, that feels like a fall movie too. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Even though it takes place over a year, it feels like a yeah. fall movie. Yeah, yeah. Huh. We really dug deep. Yeah, yeah, we really got in touch with our with our with our sad sides, but <laughs> well, that's what yeah. the autumn is all about. Not, but not like depression. That's winter. No. Yeah, it, it, the bittersweet is what bittersweet. Is about. Yeah, there's a like you said, there's a little bit of hope. Yeah, yeah, but I I think that's why we both, without talking about it, went to our memories for it because just rem- like pleasant memories have that vibe. Yeah, like it's fun absolutely. to remember good times, but it's also kind of sad because those times are gone. Exactly, and that's what that's what the fall is. Exactly, especially because uh, you know, like with most of the show, we never tell each other what we're going to be doing. No, we pick a theme just, and then we interpret it individually. Yes, and we interpret it perfectly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sometimes we we both go in wildly different directions. <laughs> yeah, and this time we were really in sync. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, yeah, I like those songs a lot. I like them a lot better than uh, Pumpkin Spice, which I don't actually like at all. Fair, fair assessment. It's not the best. <laughs> no, it's not great. No. Um, but why don't you take that opportunity to plug the latest episode oh. of your other podcast? <laughs> That's right. My other podcast the food uh, called Food Fight. Yeah. Uh, you can get wherever you uh, get your podcasts. It's just a, uh, a fun food show where each week I take one theme and dissect it and debate it with my co-host, Lindsay Gentile. Mm-hmm. And uh, the most recent one which you can get is about pumpkin spice. Yeah. Is it a lifestyle or is it a flavor? <laughs> it could be both. It can be both, yeah. but if you, I say it's a lifestyle. Because I'm Mr. Autumn Man and I want to embrace mm-hmm. everything fall so much, I want to like pumpkin spice. I don't care if it's basic or if it's overdone or if it's played out. I want to like it. I've never liked pumpkin. I <clears throat> I like pumpkin pie. Yeah. I, don't, I can do without pumpkin spice. I don't need it. But I do like the lifestyle. I love, love looking. Love lifestyle. Love looking. When I see like, they're like, oh, the basic B-girls with a scarf and a latte and, and a hat boots. on. Yeah. I'm here for it. I don't I'm like, care great. how basic they are. It's fun. I don't care. I love it. I love it. Yes. I love it. You're, you're doing yeah. God's work. I, uh, the only pumpkin thing I like is I'm very picky about sweets. And uh, my mom makes a pumpkin chocolate chip cake. Oh, Jesus Christ. Really? That is like. I'm so picky about desserts. I don't like pumpkin and I don't like cake, but I love this pumpkin chocolate chip cake more than life itself. I would go to town on that. Yeah, man. Ooh, I love sweets and that's right up my alley. Yeah, it's real good. Oh, good stuff. Yeah. Uh, But that's it for this episode and we wish everyone a wonderful, bittersweet, melancholy, nostalgic fall. Yes. But that's it for the episode. Bye. Bye.